My name is Kevin Tony, and this is the Uncommon Sense Podcast. Do you want to know what a real sign of maturity is? Is when you can admit when you're wrong. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Uncommon Sense Podcast. Thank you again for tapping in. I'm thinking about the idea of people who take a position on a particular topic and they stand on that position. They believe it. They know it in their heart that it's true. It's an opinion or it's a, you know, an idea that they can get behind. And so they stand on it. They champion it. And there's nothing wrong with that. But I find it interesting that when people, these same individuals find out that they were wrong about something, it's a sign of maturity when you can come back and admit that you were wrong, especially if it was something that you fought tooth and nail and really just, you know, would not be moved from your thought process or, you know, you were right and everybody else was wrong. That's a sign of maturity and intellectual honesty when you can come back and admit that you were wrong. And a lot of times that admission will gain you more respect than you probably had from the audience that, you know, you were speaking, you know, your mind to. Because people will generally appreciate somebody and find great respect. It takes a lot of humility to admit that you were wrong and say, you know what, I was completely wrong about that. And there's some things I need to to backtrack on because I was wrong. And we live in a society where it's that's not popular to do. It's not something that people want to take. And so it creates this sense of arrogance in dialogue, in conversation to where everybody wants to be right. But if everybody is right, then that means nobody is wrong. And that's a problem because everybody's not right about everything. You know, no one has the market cornered on everything that's happening and knowing and seeing all except for God. And so I look at a lot of the stuff that I see on social media, a lot of posts that I see on social media, a lot of videos uh, that people make on social media, whether it's Instagram or Facebook or Twitter, and people just want to be right. And when they're not right, they'd rather be silent than admit that they were wrong. And that's dishonest. And to me, I think it's, you know, if you're, if you're a type of person that does that, then you're a phony. If you can't own up to the things that you have done or said that were incorrect or improper or misinformed, it takes discipline and humility to be able to say I was wrong. And not I'm not I'm not talking about necessarily apologizing and offering an apology for being wrong about some of the things that you said, but just being able to say I was wrong about that. <clears throat> that takes a lot. That takes a lot of humility. And I have great respect for people who are able to do that. 
it's something that I strive for in my personal life to be able to admit when I was wrong about something because I, you know, I've said this on the podcast before years ago, I heard a preacher say, uh, it was, you know, pastor Paul Sherrill. He said in one of his messages, you have to become the truth that you hear. And to me, that just means that when, when the truth comes along, that goes against whatever it is that you thought was previously the truth and the reality comes in and overtakes what you thought, you have to become that. You have to acquiesce to it. And I, you know, took that saying and I kind of put it in my my back pocket and I've been carrying it around ever since I heard him say that so many years ago because it's a fact. You know, it's it's a reality. No matter how it looks, no matter how it's dressed up or it's presented to you, the truth is something that you have to line up with, especially when it disagrees with something that you hold dear or something that you believe. Now, why am I saying all of this? Because I look around on social media and I'll say this during the Trump years. When 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 Donald Trump was in office on social media, it was popular to bash Donald Trump and anybody who was viewed as somebody that ascribed or believed or supported anything that he had to say, you know, it was unpopular. I mean, cancel culture was basically at its peak during the Donald Trump years. And it created this silent majority of people who saw the backlash that was happening on social media. They saw the potential for them to be casticated or vilified or even canceled or even, you know, have their posts reported, you know, put in Facebook jail or removed from Instagram for posting misinformation or harmful content. People started shrinking back and not saying anything. And the the ones in charge who were, you know, basically the the people who were just making everybody feel uncomfortable that made it hard for people to be honest about how they thought or what their opinion was on any given topic. These people, they didn't let up. I mean, they stepped on the gas and it was, you know, it was hit the floor, pedal to the metal for four years, even after immediately after that Donald Trump, you know, left office and it created this stigma in society where people did not want to be open. It created a false honesty uh, where people would just rather not discuss it. And when you look at where we are today in 2022, you have these same people who were on the orange man bad podium so hard We got to get Donald Trump out. We hate him. He's bad for America. He's ruining this country. He's divisive. He's this. He's that. He's so on and so forth. These these people look around the country right now and they're silent. They have nothing to say. Let alone to come back and admit that they were wrong about Joe Biden, that they were wrong about you know, the divisiveness and who really was the perpetrator of dividing this country. 
I don't understand it. I mean, you know, during the Trump years for that entire time, I received on social media comments, DMs. I was tagged in posts, added in posts on Instagram of people that took every occasion to let me know why they thought Donald Trump was such an awful person. I had people that I was close to that I had known for years to un you know unfollow me, block me on Instagram, tell me to have a nice life because I thought differently than they did. Uh, when I started speaking the facts about uh, Kamala Harris, when she was running for vice president, and I started putting up information about what she did as um, attorney general in the state of California and you know, how a lot of people in the state of California really didn't like her or didn't care for her politics. I had people say that I was hating on her because I was a Trump supporter and she was a black woman. And now those people who fast forward to 2022, where the president Joe Biden has come out and plainly stated that a group of Americans who voted for Donald Trump, 80 million Americans or 75 million Americans who who voted for Donald Trump in the last presidential election. These people are extremist terrorist group. And so when he said that a line was drawn down the middle of this country. And he basically gave, you know, the loud, the loudest the ones that, you know, want to say the most and, and, and talk the loudest. He gave them a license to to kind of further their their thought patterns about anybody who they thought was a Trump supporter or a MAGA Republican. I, it's all foolish, but. He gave them a license. There was a, it was a green light to say it's OK to call these people terrorists because we don't agree with their political leanings. I don't know how much more divisive it can get when the president takes a position like that publicly on a national speech that he gives on television. And Donald Trump never did anything like that. He didn't, you know, the stories about how divisive and racist he was, you know, they're all starting to come out that they weren't, they were false or, you know, the media has obviously painted him in a light that was unfavorable. And, and a lot of our problem is in social media, we just live off of clickbait, knee-jerk reactions, and emotionalism. We don't want to wait for the story to come out. I remember uh, watching uh, years ago, I think it was um, Ben Shapiro was on Bill Maher. He was on Real Time with Bill Maher. And Bill Maher was asking him a particular question about, you know, the election or about, you know, Brett Kavanaugh's um, confirmation hearing. I'm not quite sure exactly what it was, but Ben Shapiro took the position that said, hey, let's wait till the facts come out. And he was literally laughed at on the show. Because he wanted to wait and see, I'm not going to make a decision until all of the information comes out which I think is that's wisdom. And he was laughed at because we live in a society now currently 
where everybody wants a reaction based off of immediate information, immediate headline. This is this is what happened. What do you think about it? Where there's no context, there's no explanation. There are no details that are divulged. It's just here's what happened. What do you think about it? And it's problematic for us because we've conditioned ourselves mentally to react and respond and expect information to be provided to us in that manner for us to make our choices based off of headlines where people will read a headline as clickbait. They don't read the article. They don't do any research and they make a judgment call because of some loud you know, alarming headline that they just read. And it's very dangerous. And these people don't, when, when, when the story comes out in the wash, when we find out that everybody was wrong, they don't want to come back and apologize and admit that they were wrong. It's just, they just move on to the next thing. And I wish people would be more honest. Now, there are some voices There are starting to be more and more people are starting to come out and say, you know what? I was wrong about this. I, you know, I made this decision when I voted and I voted based off of these principles and I was wrong. You know, we didn't we didn't know that we were signing up for this. And one thing that I used to say on social media quite a bit is when Joe Biden was elected, I kept saying that a lot of people are going to find out that they're getting something they didn't know that they were going to get with their vote. They're going to get something that they didn't anticipate. And we're seeing that now. Nobody knew that gas prices were going to go up the way they did, that inflation was going to go up the way it did. And now inflation being at the, you know, where it is and, you know, the stock market being, you know, in the toilet basically and, interest rates being so high, a lot of that is the product of, you know, the tail end of President Trump's term. And so he does shoulder some of the blame for where inflation is. But President Biden basically came in and kind of doubled down on some of the things that, you know, President Trump put it, put in place instead of cutting it off. When the Fed was flooding money into the economy all this cash that was coming out of nowhere, that bill was going to come due eventually. And they didn't have to flood the money. They didn't have to flood the market or the economy with this cash to get people to spend and spend and spend and try to, you know, keep people afloat. The idea was, was, was probably, you know, well-intentioned, but it was unrealistic. And now that the bill is due, everybody's paying for it at the gas pump or in the grocery store or in some way, shape or form, it all came down to the people being left holding the bag. And I don't hear any of those people complaining. There are some that will complain, but I'm, I'm talking to all of these immature, intellectually dishonest people who don't have the humility or the respect for themselves to come out and say, you know what, I, I didn't make the right choice. And they don't realize that it would be so much easier to go forward and say, hey, you know what, let's move on. You made the wrong choice. 
you you know, you pick yourself up, you dust yourself off, you learn from it, and it's a done deal. But when you carry on and carry on and carry on and you can't be honest and own up to a decision that you made about, you know, where we are in this country, it tells me that you you probably do that in other areas of your life. And that can potentially make you a person that's not trustworthy. And to the people who don't do that, who who didn't, you know, take a position, they were, you know, they kept their political leanings to themselves. You know, I'm not talking to you. I'm not talking to the people who weren't out front, you know, being loud and wrong about everything. I'm not talking about I'm not talking to those people. I'm talking to the to the, the people who, you know, they know who they are. The ones who just they couldn't wait to, to tell you what they thought about Donald Trump and Republicans and conservatives and, you know, all of this stuff. And, you know, how the media put all this spin on how, you know, conservatives think and people that are conservative minded are just evil, racist people or bigots. And, you know, we just uninformed. And now they find out that that stuff is I'm talking to those people who didn't want to own up to the responsibility of saying, you know what, I was wrong about you all. If that could happen, then we could get back to a place in this country where conversation and the ability to disagree, but still be friends, but still be, you know, um, friendly. I think we could get back to that in this country. If, if, if people would just start to be honest about that and say, you know what, I was wrong. And, you you know, it's not about somebody you admitting that somebody was right. But if you can admit that you were wrong, man, that's huge. And that will go a long way in society to turn around where we are in 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 regards to this divisiveness, this divide that we're seeing, because I believe that something is coming to this country that is going to have to put us in a place where it's going to force us to unite and divide and, and, and come together. I hope I'm wrong about an event that will come. You know, there's just all this talk about World War Three and North Korea is, you know, firing missiles at Japan, which I don't even know why North Korea is upset at Japan. I don't know what Japan did to North Korea, but you got Russia and Ukraine, that situation spilling over and. You know, all of these uh, allied forces, allied countries that are getting involved to help Ukraine and Russia steady saying stay out of it or, you know, you, you'll be involved or will involve you. And, the, you know, you keep hearing the, the, the phrase, you know, World War Three. You keep seeing all these hashtags, WW3. And I hope that that doesn't happen. I'm praying that we'll be spared from that. But if it does come to this country. And that we do have to go to war. It's going to bring this country together. It's going to have to. Because we always unite when we're fighting against, you know, uh, something. Unless unless this is a situation where society sees that there's no reason for us to be in it. You know what I mean? Where there's a situation where you had half the country back in the 70s, half the country, you know, was against the Vietnam War. And you know, there was a lot of division in the country in that regard, but the division was against the government's decision. It wasn't against you no know, neighbor against neighbor. 
And if we can get back to at least that common ground where the people together as a collective are looking at the government and saying, why are you letting this happen? You know, why are you allowing this? I think we'd be better off as a country. Will we get there? I don't know. I hope so, because we need it in this country. We need to come together. We need we need unity. We need Jesus. We need to return back to a biblical worldview. We need a love thy neighbor mentality to return to this country. We need to regain the respect of our fellow citizens and fellow Americans. And once we can do that, I think as a nation, we can, you know, begin to be unstoppable again. And I think to me, to be honest, that was the essence of the phrase make America great again, because we are so divided within our own borders and so triggered by all of these social justice topics that really don't mean anything when it comes down to, you know, another nation that decides to invade. We have to do better. We've got to come up with some kind of way to, to come around this and get out of our own arrogance, you know, gain some intellectual honesty and be able to admit that you're wrong about something and move on. And so I just kind of felt the need to kind of rant about that uh, in this moment. And uh, I appreciate you for participating and listening. If you feel that way, send me an email, uncommonsensewithkt at gmail.com. And let me know your thoughts. You know, do you have some people in your circle of friends or that, you know, former friends that were intellectually intellectually dishonest and, you know, they didn't want to admit that they were wrong? You know, and that goes both ways. You know, people have to admit if you felt like you were wrong about Joe Biden, then be mature enough to stand on that, own it and admit it and say, hey, I was wrong. You have to become the truth that you hear. So with that, I'll sign off here. And no matter where you are, no matter where you go, just remember that common sense is uncommon. Uncommon.